All right, we're back here at J. Tom Lawler Rink with the score after two periods. Merrimack one, McGill nothing. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. Glad that you chose to join us for your Sunday afternoon listening pleasure with the Warriors holding on to that one-goal lead in preseason exhibition action and joining us here for the second intermission, Mike McMahon from the Mac Report. You can read all of his work at themacreport.com and also doing some writing for the Eagle Tribune as well. And, Mike, uh, two periods here in the books. You've got a McGill club that's got some more games under their belt, as it were, and Merrimack club that just had their first practice yesterday, and it's been a pretty entertaining game so far. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's been noticeable that McGill's had some time to play and practice, and, and Merrimack really just got things going yesterday. Uh, they've had some skill sessions during the week that they're allowed to have, but really, you know, first time on the ice as a team was was yesterday, but uh, you, you really couldn't tell. You really couldn't tell. I thought that they came up pretty strong. Uh, they, they looked good, I think, in front of the nets, which is an area that was sort of lacking towards the end of last year, so I think all things considered, through two periods, you got to be pretty happy. Yeah, I thought first period better than the second. The second period pretty disjointed, not a lot going on. Neither team really able to generate much offensively. Uh, unofficially, the shots in the second were just 6-4 to four. Merrimack. A lot of penalties, a lot of back and forth on the calls, and a lot of power play opportunities, but the defense really shown there, and uh, also getting a chance to see both goaltenders for Merrimack tonight. Rasmus Tiernan comes in midway through the second. Yeah, you know, and I don't think that that's a bad thing, especially if you're marked in here, you want to get a, a look at some other units. Uh, your power play, your penalty field, give those guys some work in some game situations along with the even strength play. So, uh, you, you know, they, they've had some chances to get going there in the, in the second period of the power play. Uh, but, again, same thing. I think the power play looks, has looked good, especially in front of the net. They've had guys in front. They've had traffic. Uh, puck movement among, among the points has been pretty good. Getting pucks to the net has been pretty good as well. You know, last year's team is a work in progress, really. You think about the start of the year and how much, you know, they really were struggling in some areas. and really started to put it together. You know, as the season went along, they had all of those games. But they just couldn't win at home. It seemed in the first half. And, and a lot of low-scoring games where they just couldn't find a way to get that goal that they needed. Second half, they seem to have started to put it together. They go 10 games with only one loss and find themselves in first place. I mean, you had UMass Bowl and, and Providence playing so well, and BC, obviously, and UNH, a lot of clubs that had good seasons last year, and yet with three weeks to go in the season, it was Merrimack that found itself in first place in the league, but they weren't able to finish the job there down the stretch. Uh, where do they go from here coming into this season off of the, what had to be a disappointing end? last year. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing to me was the thing that tailed off the most was the offense and the scoring. And that's what they had really had trouble with the last six or eight games of the year. Uh, and to me, a lot of it went back to that play in front of the net. They just weren't going to the net like they were earlier in the year. They, they weren't getting bounces around the net because they didn't have bodies there. You know, they had guys taking shots from tops of the circles outside the dots, just not really willing to go to the middle. Uh, and that's something that I personally, I looked for tonight almost right away to see, is that going to continue or, is, or are they going to get back to being a team that's going to be really uh, you know, a nuisance for opposing goaltenders in front of the net. And it seemed like talking to guys this week for some preview stuff that uh, that's what they wanted to do. That was a point of emphasis, making sure that they were getting in and around the opposing goalie and not only set up screens, but I mean, you see it all the time. Guys get in front, a puck gets thrown to the net, good things tend to happen. So uh, I think it's it's something as simple as that, just getting that little part of their game back uh, and you can start to see some results and some goals and ultimately that's going to turn into wins. Yeah, one of the things that might you know, be a plus in some ways is that this year you don't get into Hockey East play until you're already well in the season. And they're not going to play their first league game until November. They've got the entire month of October and part of November to, to work some of these things out and, and, and try to find themselves in some ways. You know, everybody's going to really be in that boat. I know that some teams are going to have some league games earlier than others, but regardless, it's a situation I think where it's a team that's got a lot of depth 
and uh, a lot of guys that could be you know good players are going to be not playing each night that you know, are going to have to work their way into the lineup but uh, you know going back again down the stretch I agree with you totally that was I mean they, 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 they couldn't find a way to finish the job and I thought it was just because in some ways they weren't willing to do the, the dirty work the grunt work that you need to do in some cases that other teams were doing and, uh, and, and in some cases maybe you know they weren't necessarily playing badly I think that that Boston College game which started the whole that whole stretch where I thought they played pretty well in that game but still BC just a little bit better a little bit harder and found a way to get the job done and that's the way it was down the stretch that's what separated one through six in Hockey East last year but it was, there wasn't much I think five points separating first through six and that was in a 27 game league schedule now you drop the league schedule to 20 games every game becomes that much more important and you add Notre Dame into the mix and, and you wind up with a Merrimack team that had to feel like you know we were right there last year we have a chance to do something this year you pick up the, the preseason poll the Hockey East coaches in the media poll you find yourself in seventh place I mean how, how do you, how, you know, how do you feel about something like that you know I think a lot of that is reputation too I, I mean personally I picked them six uh, and, I, and I think that's I think that's a fair pick at this point just because there are teams that I picked ahead of them that I think are going to be very good Providence UMass Lowell Notre Dame and BC uh, I think are the top four it's a matter of how they finish um, but you know I think part of that is just a reputation thing too still you know as well as they've played over the last couple of years uh, whether it's the media or whether it's the coaches you know there's a lot of reputation that I think goes into those picks sometimes I agree I'll tell you this though you know be you and you and H I mean the, the, well, that's, the, that's the other thing is the teams that you talked about the, the one through six if you want to say that, that, it, that most people have ahead of them you could find something I think about each one of them where you could, even UMass Lowell like I'm not completely sold I'm sorry I'm going to get hate mail now from all the old fans but, but uh, I mean that was a club that won a lot of close low scoring games can you do it two years in a row it's tough to do I'm not saying they can't do it but I think that's going to be one of the big questions you know you don't have a Riley Whitmore back who's going to who led you in, in so many ways I know that, that they have an awful lot of talent still returning but uh, you know Connor Hellebuck I thought you know for all the accolades that he got his job wasn't that tough at times because you know they played so well in front of him so that I mean that's just low BC I think BC was my preseason number one in the league and I think that Thatcher Demko comes in and, and wins the rookie of the year as John Gillies did last year and, and, and absolutely I, we saw him last year he was terrific I think that that, B, that BC at, but at the same time BC's got some questions on defense for instance and they know Michael Matheson's got to be one of the top players in the country still you know depth I think in particular on defense could be an issue for them it was at times last year you, know, you go right down the, 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 uh, the list and almost everybody has questions a Notre Dame club coming into the league this year for the first time having to make all this travel all this travel getting used to new ways of calling the game and officiating and new clubs new opponents new styles of play how do they fare it's going to be I think it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this shakes out yeah absolutely you know you talk a little bit about depth about depth uh, in some a lot of teams have questions with depth I mean that seems to be a reoccurring theme if you look at this Merrimack line chart tonight I mean in the two guys that are out Brendan Ellis and Brian Christie when you put those guys in here and they both seem like they're going to be healthy enough that uh, the reason they're missing tonight isn't going to really carry over much into the season if at all uh, especially at forward I mean they're, they're going to have five lines that they could really roll out on any given night which is going to mean that uh, you know as a coaching staff you're going to be able to hold guys accountable if they're not playing the style that, that uh, Mark Denny wants played here that the guys are going to sit because they have plenty of bodies to go in how about this? You're looking at the line shot from Merrimack tonight. The guy who's listed at the right wing on the fifth line, as it were, you know, really two extra forwards because Christie is out, but the guy who's listed at the right wing was just drafted by the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I think he's going to be a really good player, too. Uh, he's getting a lot of ice time in all situations. He is. He's been a little bit of a late 
Boomer. I mean, I, I remember out of Winthrop High, uh, I watched him quite a bit covering high school hockey in the area, and, and there was rumbling. Chris LeBlanc we're talking yes, about, him, obviously. For, for those of us, for those who might be listening to the podcast later and not know who we mean. Uh, you, you know, I, know, I know at the time, talking to some people, there was rumblings that he was going to be a Division One prospect, but a lot of people weren't really sure. And I think even uh, Mark Denny has mentioned this, that you know he wanted to see him at a higher level before they were ready to make a commitment to him, uh, and, and then really came along last year really well in the EJ for with South Shore, uh, really established himself. He's drawn a lot of comparisons to Matt Jones, a winger that was here a few years ago. Similar size, but Blank is uh, 6'3", 205. I think Jones was 6'4", but big winger on the right side. A little bit of a late bloomer in terms of development, but a guy that I think is going to be able to score some goals at this level. Talking with Mike McMahon from the Mac Report. It's Merrimack 1, McGill nothing here after 2. Uh, before we let you go, team goes out to Denver next week. Two games. Obviously, a lot of guys will get a chance to play. One of the big questions, I think, starting off the bat, is, uh, you know, especially after last year and the way it went much of the year, goaltending, Sam Marotta, Rasmus Tiernan. Do you split them next week? The, the Sam Marotta own the job outright at, at, at first because of the way that he played last year? Or, uh, you know, how does this shake out here? That's a tough call. They're going to have a lot of tough calls, I think, when it comes to goaltending, only because I, I think, you know, Marotta deserves the chance to start the season as the starter, especially the way he played last year. Uh, not only down the stretch, but, I mean, really from the beginning of the season all the way through. But at the same time, you get a pretty good goalie in Tiernan, too. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised these first couple of weekends on conference, Denver, Mercyhurst, things like that, to see them split uh, before they decide on who they're going to go with. But uh, I think Murata has an edge. It's got to be his job to lose. All right, thanks, Mike. we got a break, but we appreciate your time. As always, we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. All right, Mike McMahon for the MacReport.com and the Eagle Tribune has been our guest with the score. Merrimack won. McGill nothing after two. John and I will be back right after this. You're listening to Merrimack Hockey.